0: Oh, wow. Okay. Good. 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 First of all, I want to thank Haliger Yehuda for hosting. It's always unbelievable. And everybody for getting together with Monsieur so nice. Snefer and Rada Brucham of Ayim, who's bringing back your Shalayan vibes vibes, oh, Eretz yeah. everything. Tel yeah. Aviv vibes. Eretz Yisrael vibes. Take it with you. Yeah. See, he's bringing those back for all of us. And the Messias Nefesh should come out in the cold, in the snow, is an amazing, amazing um, show of rutzen. And we should be zayiched through our learning to tap into the panemius of snow which is an amazing, amazing, amazing opportunity of and Kabbalah, the Avonah says, in Tehillim Tahareni, purify me, um, albin, and I'll be whiter than snow. So the Tzadikim say that when, when it's snowing, there's a certain purity that's made available. Could to give a whole share now just on snow, really, but I'll just say one tiny Nikudah is that if you ever noticed, at least in, in New York, uh, where I grew up, or in Chicago, where it really snows, you know, a couple of feet, I'm like, momish, you know you have to dig your car out and the, the schools are canceled. There's a certain spirit of almost like a universality that's revealed. All of a sudden, neighbors are helping each other. They never say hello to each other, but everybody's pushing strangers' cars out of the snow. There's a certain shared experience among humanity when all of us are are, are really cast into the same experience that's beyond any of us individually. And there's a certain feeling of being a part of something greater, you know, which is which is very beautiful.
1: And Snowy I and I think that be that be itself.
0: Snow huh? used to be the most exciting the exciting thing. Idea. It's also it's also the inner child comes out when it snows, you know, and, and, and adults are doing things they wouldn't ordinarily do and, and sledding and, and 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 just it's there's something very beautiful, very pure about snow. And I think that it's all an outgrowth of the essential ruchnius uh, light that's shining when it snows outside. So there is through our learning, we should be to tap into it. Something very beautiful, very beautiful. To be conscious of, be aware of. It's very pure. It's very still. It's very quiet. It's very silent. It's it's a it's a big opportunity. So ashrenu, and we're so fortunate. Very grateful for the snow. As long as I don't have to dig my car tomorrow. <laughs> Until then, I'm very grateful. <laughs> uh, uh, the, neighbor, the neighbors will help. The neighbors yeah, yeah. will help. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. You'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. So as we are mamish one week away from Hanukkah we have to start our Hahanas in full swing full swing and not just hachanas begashmi, so that's also true. certainly the you know the women are preparing Hanukkah parties and and, and should be thinking about gifts for the for the kids or for loved ones or we're, we're preparing them in Naira or we're thinking about where we're gonna light or what we're gonna light and and, and setting things up already even a couple of days before. To, to, to already get into it and to express our and for it. But sometimes we are so busy preparing begashmias that we forget about preparing baruchnias. Stopping to prepare ourselves for exactly what we're about to experience. Everything, everything, everything is dependent on how big of a cleave we make for it. Otherwise, it, it'll, it'll come down. But if there's no shetach, if there's no space, expanse for whatever baracha, that Hashem is sending down to us on Shabbos and Yantiv, certainly on Hanukkah and Purim, all the different Yamam type, it's an illumination. It's not just a commemoration of something that happened thousands of years ago. It's Mama, a re experiencing of that very hour. And so the more space that we make, the more room there is for that Ha'ara to, to dwell and to land and to stay. How do we make space? Achana, preparing for it, learning about it, yearning for it, and and, and generally preparing ourselves. That we should be ready, Kalim, to, to 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 um to be able to experience to receive all the Shefa that Hashem is sending upon us. So I, I wanted tonight, the Siyata D'Shemaya, to do something hanukkah oriented. And of course, these two teachings are are familiar to those that are that are that are more experienced with Rabbi Nachman's teachings, Resh Pei Beis, is Rabbi Nachman's famous teaching, Vazamra. And then on the other side of the page, you'll see Superimisius number nine, which is. One of Rabbi Nachman's most famous stories, the Ma'isam Yichach the story of the wise man and the, and, the, uh, and the simpleton. And it's one of the most famous pieces from that most famous story. So chances are we've come across both of these teachings before, but we're going to try to contextualize them first outside and then go inside and try to develop a theme that hopefully can take us into Chanukah and to bring us into the perspective of Yehuda and Maccabi and to try to stand Alamishmar to guard against any Greek perspectives that creep in, not just Bagashmias, as we're gonna learn, but also Baruchnias and Arvadas Hashem. So first let's talk outside and then we'll see these two teachings in a, in a broader context. The context of Khanika, So in this past week's Parish, Yaakov Avinu moves all of his things across the Mavar, the river of Yabok, that river. And everything is moved and he has a tremendous amount of cattle and they're all laden with different riches and wealth and took him probably a tremendous amount of time to move his whole family over. That self is, is an asek. All their belongings, all of his belongings takes the whole day. And the sun sets and Yaakov remembers that he's left something across the river. What did he leave? Says the Pasak Pachim Kitanim. Small little jugs. Pachim so See, he goes back, and of course, it's pitch black, it's the nighttime and that's where the al Esav attacks, and they wrestle, HaShachar, until daybreak, a tremendous amount of omek in that episode. Of course, each and every detail is, Ramazim, Niflaim Adalais HaShachar. It's the story of our generation, it's the story of, of battling with our inner demons and battling collectively against the world until daybreak, until the sun of clarity rises, the Shemesh al Gula the sunlight of redemption, rises to illuminate the world. What were those pachim ketanim that Yaakov Avinu goes back for? What was in them, says the Medrash? Oil, Shemen. There is was Shemen in them. And the Medrash goes on to teach that this Shemen was used many times throughout history to anoint the, the Mishkan to inaugurate the Mishkan, this oil, this very oil of Yaakov Avinu's little pachim ketanim that he went back for, was famous oil. And the tzaddikim, later tzaddikim, say that even though the Mentress doesn't take it this far, it's clear to them, and this is echoed by many tzaddikim, that this was the oil that was found under the rubble of the Beis HaMikdash as it was ransacked by the Greeks in the time of Hanukkah. It's the same oil, this pach ketan, with the seal of the Kayin Gadol, again, don't get me on the details, you know, exactly how it had a seal of the Kayin Gadol before Kayin, Adam. okay. But obviously we want to, yeah, we want to so develop it Alpi right? Whether it was exactly up is is the same oil, it's not one of the Animamins, like I don't have to believe that, you know, it's not the 14th animaman. So do with it what you want. But the Medrash says that this oil made it throughout history and the Tzadikim believed that there was a deep connection between the oil that was found at the time of the Beis HaMikdash and the oil that Yaakov went back for. In Torah Aleph, in the first teaching of the Qutumran, hey, thanks so much for coming. In Torah, here's a you who comes out of the snow. You know, that's, uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> exactly. how it looks. Hershel looks like that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's snowing for sure. In Torah Aleph, Rabbi Nachman teaches that Yaakov and Esav are symbols for two completely different mindsets, two completely different lifestyles. And Rabbi Nachman finds this idea captured in the attitudes of Yaakov and Esav toward two things that they end up swapping because of their value systems being so different. What were those things? Of course, the Bechayra, which Yaakov Avinu takes pretty easily from Esav. And red lentil soup that Esav takes very willingly for Yaakov, letting go of something that had eternal import, what it meant to be the Bechar in that family, what it means, Bechalal the of being a Bechar, kedusha Bechalal, he gives it away for red lentil soup. It was very cute, Shabbos. So I was going to the parasha with my Shemol Shmalka, our four-year-old, and... Okay, you know, I can understand. They give him some slack. It's last week's parasha, but I wanted to develop why Esav would have been so angry at Yaakov in the beginning of this week's parasha that Yaakov had to prepare himself for battle and with tefillah, with Matanas. So I was trying to, like, jog his memory from last week. So I said to him, you know, why do you think Esav would have been so mad at Yaakov Avinu? What was it that Esav, that Yaakov took from Esav? Of course, I meant the the brachas, right? And so Mamush like, you could see his mind working in real time. He knew it was a liquid... And he knew it was a color, uh-huh. and he goes, juice, orange juice, orange juice. <laughs> 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 Esav, Bechlali mixed all, whatever, Yaakov didn't take orange juice for Esav, Esav took it from Yaakov. It was red lentil soup anyway, but it was very cute. And meant meant errands, like he must have taken orange juice. So red lentil soup, Yaakov, Yaakov Avinu is after the Bechar, <laughs> and, and Esav is after red lentil soup. says to Rebbe Nachman, what does Bechar mean? What is the deeper meaning of the B'chara that Yaakov Avinu is after? What does it mean that Yaakov buys the B'chara from Esav? And Esav takes something so fleeting and something so temporal that all he could describe this food as, aside from the fact, keep in mind, that this food wasn't just any food. It was a very deep food. It wasn't a food that was being prepared because somebody was hungry. It was a food that represented the circle of life, red lentils because Yitzchak was mourning Avram. It was a very deep food. Not only doesn't he see the deep food, he doesn't even see the food. He just sees a color. Give me this, the external of the external of an external. Yaakov Avinu is after the B'chayra. What does it mean, B'chayra? says Rabbi Nachman, B'chayra means first. First in a creative process is always the Chachma Shabbai. It's the wisdom that goes into it. It's the inspiration. It's the moment of a divine infusion of clarity. That inspires us. That gives us a sense of vision, a sense of mission. It's the chachma that we invest when we want to go ahead and do anything productive. We think about it first, and then we act. B'chor is first. What's first? Raisius, as the pasuk, raisius chachma. Chachma is connected with raisius. Interesting thing going around. You might have seen on social media the past couple of days and even weeks, where there are AI, artificial intelligence systems. First, it was for pictures. Second, it was, it was now for, for, for chatting, for information that have been released to the public. And they're still developing. But the first one, basically, you can, I think it's called DALL-E, D-A-L-L, and then a dash, and then E. You can type in um, Coca-Cola, a Coca-Cola bottle in a desert um, surrounded by elephants in the style of Chagall. It's something crazy. And it will produce original artwork that reflects... Exactly what you type in. Kamamis produce original art. AI, it's instant. And you can write any style, impressionist, from this and this era, or in the style of a particular painter, like we just said. It's a Pella. And it uses all of the internet, all possible images, and it just puts them together instantly. And just now, the past couple of days, they've released a chat box where you can ask it anything. You can ask it to write an original poem. Actually, I did that today. I said, write me a poem of Rabbi Nachman. I can read it to you. It's a Pala. Uh, uh, Instantly. It uh, doesn't uh, take <laughs> time. Instantly. Wait, you asked it to write a poem of Rabbi Nachman. About Rabbi Nachman. I see it. Yeah. Okay, afterwards. We have a lot to, yeah. have a lot to cover. We, we have, have to it. get through But I'll show you. <laughs> Friday, it would take me an hour. I tried it. And I to the chapel. It got it, got it, got it, it's tough. a Pala. Okay, well, we'll do it afterwards. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. look at it afterwards. But, but, but I've been giving this uh, a great deal of thought. You know, like what, what, my high. What what does this mean for what it means to be human? What 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 does that mean? You know, in terms of our identity as human beings, if something can do an even better job at very human tasks, and of course the answer is chevrat, that a spark of original creativity it doesn't have. That's our connection with the divine. That's our connection with a neshama, a brainstorm. The, origin, the the ability to tap into a yeshme ayin experience, may ayin, where a person just has a moment of, of, of like a brainstorm, an inspiration. Nothing that's artificially intelligent can produce anything original that hasn't already had some information input, especially in the case of what's available now. You put in what you want the image to be and then it will produce something based on what you said. But it's never able to spontaneously think of a meaningful, uh, uh, you know, just flash of otherworldly clarity in a moment, that's something that's very human, something extremely human. And any ability that the AI will have, maybe if it develops this in a couple of months or years, which I'm sure it will, will still be an effect of what human beings programmed it to do. But we have the capacity to mamish shift and to think and to plan and to that original step. It's, always, it's only starting, it can be Daf you know, but we, we're connected to Daf Aleph. You know, we're connected mamish to Daf'ala, and that's beyond words on a paper, and that's beyond images on a on a canvas. It's beyond. That's the inina bakhar, it's racist, it's the ability to reflect on something that's beyond the surface, where Asa's whole thing is mamish just the surface level of life. And Rabbi Nachman says this is the Yitzhut Taiv, and the Yitzhara Har. the Har is always focused on externalities. The T'ayv encourages us to go deep, to always go deeper than what we can see on the surface. So what's the of the you giving that up, was that the whole actual thing? Abba. Right? okay, because people want to keep their kids, right, usually um, you know, certainly when they're babies, you know, if you ask me that in a couple of years, like, take it, you know but when they're babies, right, you want to keep them very cute, so so, but the, the whole thing is that there's a Bihar, because that's the that's the meeting point between Kodesh and Chal, that's the Indian of Bukhar, the Indian of Rishas, which Yaakov Avinu is after
1: do and you, so that mean means they didn't
0: have it till then. What what it was Asaf seemingly had something that Yaakov didn't have on, on a spiritual level. Yaakov was Esau was prior to this, Esau would have had a deeper begin of, of Mahshaw of creativity that ya, Yaakov didn't have. No, of course it was always Shaykh to Yaakov Avinu. It was just on a this worldly Shikr level. It looked like Asaf had it. The truth is Yaakov was the real Bikhar. What goes in first comes in last. Yaakov was conceived first, like Rashi tells us. He was the Emis Bakar. He didn't see he didn't take it away, he didn't pretend to be something he wasn't. He was Mamish the emes of Bikhar. But he had to make a puula in this world to own it, to mamish own it, to buy into it. You have to you have to use your bakhira. It's not stam. You have to mamish own it. And so that was this on a, this worldly level. Yaakov Avinu takes it against all the appearance, which is the alma the shikra of Esav, which appears like he's the Bukhar, Yaakov Avinu takes it back on, a, on an other mazel level. But the truth is alpi is Yaakov was always the Bukhar. Yaakov was the emis of Bihar. So that means that Esav looks at. <coughs> this worldly projects. What is the ace value? What is the ace of person value? Grand projects of, of, of architecture, in the case of Rome, also in the case of Greece, which actually historically influenced Rome, in this sense, of focusing on physique and focusing on external um, appearances of success on an Olam HaZadikah level because that's their whole standard. Whereas Yaakov Avinu is looking... Not toward that which looks externally impressive, but to something deeper, which we're going to develop in a minute. So through this lens, and we're going to develop this further, let's take a look at this beginning of Rabbi Nachman's most famous teaching. I think we could say that. Mamish's most famous teaching, which I'm sure that we've encountered in one in one, in one way or another, even if we don't know it in the text, but we've heard this idea before. Let's take a look at this teaching and then we will we'll get back to Yaakov and Asaph. Das says Daylighere but we'll go through it quickly. It's a lot of text and it's a more simple idea, at least on the surface, but we'll try to get through it. The Rebbe says, You should know, that it's important to judge every person favorably. Faafilumishu Rasha Gamur. And even a person that's an entirely wicked person—you can't even think of, of of a more stark, extreme <laughs> terminology to use about a, another human being. Russia Gamor is not just a wicked person; Gamor is completely wicked. The Rebbe says, which is you should appreciate the radical nature of this teaching. You look at all the svarim; they they could speak about you know judging favorably, but. T- to say it in such a way is, is extremely unique. You need to search and find some little bit of good. That in that little place, there's a little bit of a spark of holiness there. Where the Rishas didn't reach. And through this that we find in him a little drop of good. And we judge him favorably. This judging favorably can have such a deep impact on the person both practically to believe in the person give a person back his self-worth you see something in the person that they might not even be able to see wow, okay, they start to shift in the way that they view themselves the way that they view their potential the way that they view their future but certainly on a sublim- subliminal level on a spiritual level if you find it you reveal it you give it mitsias. And you enable it to shine. Shiva and you can enable this person mamish to do Chuva, just by finding some redeeming quality in him from afar. says this is the pasuk in tehilim. Russia, which literally means on a simple level, David says just a little bit more. In Russia, there will be no wickedness in the world anymore. I will look to the place where there used to be wicked people, and they'll be gone. That's what it means on a simple level. Ma'at, <laughs> David Davanamalach says, just wait a little bit longer. Wait a little bit longer. And there will be no wickedness anymore in the world. That's what it means on a simple level. <laughs> Rabbi Nachman over here says that it means deeper. I know here. The Pasik's encouraging us, love <laughs> the to judge every person favorably. <laughs> even though you see on the outside level, as far as your eye can look, and as far as you can tell. In your assessment, Shuhu Russia or this person is entirely wicked. He says Rabbi Nachman, look deeper. <speaking in Hebrew> so, sometimes, look deeper. And if you can't find it when you look deeper, good. Look deeper. Look beyond that. Believe that beyond, 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 many levels perhaps beyond, you'll find something there, some little tiny spark of goodness. <laughs> find a little bit of good where in that place the person is Taka not a wicked person and if you need to look into that person's circumstances if you need to look at, into that person's conditioning what family the person grew up in what were his traumas as a child look beyond even if the person Taka is using his Kaya for Ra he's ruining his own life and other people's lives and the person's an abuser the most extreme cases and this doesn't mean, again, that you look away. And this doesn't mean that you pretend those things aren't there. Those things have to be dealt with on an hazeh level. And those things need to be defined and need to be spoken about, and people need to be protected. All that can be true in the most extreme way, as halacha requires. But that doesn't mean to say that we need to submit ourselves to a bifurcated way of viewing the world where this person who does evil things, is entirely evil. And that this person who might not do evil things entirely pure, this world is a very complicated place. So Rebbe Nachman's encouraging us, look, look, look deeper, look deeper, find some place where you can, where you can find a little tiny drop of, of goodness there. little tiny drop of Kedusha there. Even if it's hard to see. And even if your eye sees that this person's a Rosh Hashemur, it's an avoid Lechapeis by Limceb'i Ma'at To'yev. says, look back at the Pasuk, it's a deeper way of learning it, v'oyed Ma'at V'ein Russia. Says Rabbi it doesn't only mean wait a little bit, V'oid Ma'at, just a little bit longer, V'ein Roshah, there'll be no wickedness, but the Rebbe says each and every one of us contains an O'id Ma'at. O'id means extra. O'id. right? Something that's more than what is. So what you see is Ra. The Rebbe says, okay, but there's an Oid Ma'at. There's also a little bit more than what you see. And in that place, Ve'en Rasha. In that place, that perfect, that person, Mamish, in the most extreme of circumstances, you know, given one second left to live, his, his neshama is doing tshuva every minute. And he has a deep yearning, mm-hmm. maybe that you'll never understand. And maybe even while he's doing the abusing, you never know. He's uh-huh. davening, "Takadosh to save, save this person from my my I can't control myself. Maybe who knows what this person's going through? You never, ever, ever know. You never know what people are going through, and what people's root is, and what people's core is, and deep late at night, after all the mishagas, a person has a stolen moment of 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 the cracks that we learned about last week, even though it's so slight and it doesn't seem to change things, but somewhere deep inside, there's a stirring maybe. And if not all the time, there may be li'itam and maybe if not li'itam once in a decade. You, you never know. But ma'at, find that little bit more than what your eye can see on the surface with your ace of eyes. And see something deeper beyond. Find a little bit of chelik al kamimal, a little spark even if it's magagalam khayba like the Gemara says even if this person's talk of bringing about terrible things in the world then it must be magagalam you know a brings about negative things al ide ghayeb it's true but it's still magagalam He's still part of a bigger picture kadosburgh who needs things to happen in the world again again this is not khassal meaning to say that it's okay it's not okay and we need to deal with things but if we needed with our back against the wall and i'm saying extreme examples at on a simple level every person has good qualities every person has good righteousness but even in the most extreme of circumstances, every person, in as much as he's here, like the Ma'anayim says, how do you know you're connected to Hashem? You're alive. Kurdish Baruch was pumping life into you. This person's also connected to Hashem. He's alive. He's part of the Grand Master Plan. Even if you don't like what he's doing in the world, and even if it seems that he's mamish, the Kayach of Tomah, He's part of a, he's part of a, of a, story of a sipur that ultimately, on the level of hanagasah hayichud beyond Hanagasah Mishpat, like the Ramchal says, it's bringing the world toward tikkun, in a way that on the surface you can never see, but there's an oid maat. It's an oid maat. You found a little bit of good there. Shesham eno Russia, where in that place He's taka not wicked. Al says Rabbi Nachman, guess what? That can actually bring about a change b'mitzias. Because of your judging favorably, you'll look back at his place, and he will no longer be there. Not because he's wiped out, but because he's not a rush anymore. You've managed through your positive perspective to enable that person to tap into their essential purity, draw it out to the surface and begin to change. V'ayneno incredible thing the way he's reading this passage you'll look back to see hey where was that that wicked person I I saw last week or I thought about last week reflected on last week He's, he's not there you found a little bit of good there this little tiny point of goodness and you judge this person favorably like Chazal say, Which on a simple level means you can't judge another person. You never, ever know where a person's coming from, what the influences in the person's life is, what the stresses are and the anxieties, what the subliminal experiences are that that, that affected him in a certain way, set him on a certain trajectory. Each and every person has Bechira in the moment, which we'll speak about. That's true. But you never know where the person's sa HaBechira is. Why do we feel that we can... Assess other people based on our relative framework of where we're holding. That doesn't mean that somebody else is holding there. You don't know where his next step is. It doesn't have to look like yours. Each person has Bechira in their own framework. But there are many forces that pull upon and push upon and and, and, and influence a person. So you're not in the person's place. Al We can't judge. All we can do is encourage the person. Encourage the person to be a little bit better. Encourage the person to connect to the Chevel de Kedusha to krechs, from you know from, from an open heart to be authentic and to realize that his struggles and his failures and his downfalls and his challenges are part and parcel of his Tikkun. That's all we can do. But Alpi Pnimias, Al don't even begin to judge. Not even favorably. Don't judge at all. Until you identify the mekhaimai shal oilam in that person which is the spark of divinity. So it doesn't just mean, <clears throat> because you'll never get to his place. Each and every one of us has a spark of the which is a reference to Chazal in the Medrash. So al don't begin to judge until you find that spark of the in him. Find a little bit of Kedusha, even though you have to look. It's true on the, on the surface, okay, but there's something even deeper. Look toward that element of depth. And memela, have you done us Adam if you'll connect to that place, which is the prerequisite for tadin, because al tadin es havercha, ad she So then, have done call Adam Then kalzma, you're judging, based on that, out of that perspective, you'll judge every person favorably. And we can learn these things, and it's like, it's beautiful on paper, but it's very hard to remember. I can speak for myself, I, I'm, mom is judging the whole day long. On some level, you know, and I try to be conscious of it. It's very, very hard. And this is mamish. These words we're reading are emes amita. It's not some like kind of convoluted thing. You know, you have to... It's mamish true. Just because all of us have hands and feet and working eyes, Hashem, and ears and nose and a, and a physique, and Baruch Hashem, Orthodox Jews, and Baruch Hashem, we have, we have, we have loved ones and, and a community, and we made David in the same shul. Just because there are a lot of things that bind us together, that does nothing... To deny the emes mitra that each one of us is an oylem shalim, an oilam male That's impenetrable to the person sitting next to us. Mamish impenetrable, even if they do know all of our circumstances from the time that we were kids. They can't know our inner world. They can't know what we go through. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Al-tadin. I'm speaking to myself. Al-tadin. I'm reminding myself. Al-tadin. The way to help people, because we always think we're helping them when we judge them. And then we and then we try to give them musr in it. The only way to help, counterintuitively, is look beyond all that stuff, find the maatayv and speak to that in them. Hazino, one second. Hazino hashamayim va'adaberah, like the pasuk says. And then m'sishma ha'arutz imrifi, like the Kach Zer Magid says. Speak to the heaven within people. Hazino hashamayim va'adaberah. And then m'maila v'sishma ha'arutz imrifi. Memela the artsiyas, the lower parts of the person will hear. Don't address the artsiyas, Speak to the heaven in them the survival instinct by nature that you don't want to survive you have to judge you know this is dangerous not dangerous you, you, you're the judge nature you know, as human beings is he saying not to use that nature at all or is he saying use it in kind meaning specifically to find and become with everybody again like we said before especially in the case of abuse especially in the case of people that are doing things that they, they have to be the, the circumstances need to be addressed for the sake of other people and so on and so mm-hmm. forth all of that is true and in that sense we need to judge. We need to we need to assess. But right? like you said, it's 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 basic human nature. But everything that Rabbi Nachman talks about and the Chazal speak about are referring to essential mentality. Ascent, right, the, the mentality of essential, right? Is this the person's essence? And when we come to essence, it can be a very different conversation. And over there, two things can be true at once. On the simple level, this person is is you know is a menace to society. But on the essential level, look beyond. What's the difference? The difference is that Ibn Achmed says if we can manage to do that, we have a much better chance of dealing with this issue, dealing with the problem. Because many more people have been helped by somebody believing in them than by somebody coming to them and trying to, to whip them into shape. Psst. Fact. 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 And even if they'll be helped on an, on a, on an external level, the second that that construct falls away, the second that they're out of that yeshiva, or they're out of that, away from that mashkiach, or away from these parents, or away, it wasn't essential. You never addressed the person, you address the behaviors. Rabbi Nachman speaks about addressing the malady, not the symptoms. Symptoms is asaf, everything on the surface, that's what symptoms are. They let us know there's an issue, but the question is, how do we deal with the issue itself? And oftentimes, that was Rabbi Nachman's Kiddush hundreds of years ago, it was a Peleh, how relevant this is for today. Oftentimes, the issue not just has nothing to do with the symptoms, but that the issue that you're seeing is that you are beginning to identify this person with the symptoms. And that's what's causing the symptoms. That's what's causing the person to behave in certain ways because they, mamish don't have a sense of value, a sense of worth. They're not in touch with the holiness inside of them. Ervin Nachman says, just tear down the tower from the foundation instead of addressing everything on the outside. So we need to have these two Mahalchem on the level of Gashviz, and the level of Ruchnis. Ibn Nachman says, this is a way to manage transform the thing. But we don't want to get too much into this because there's not a shir on Rishpeh that I, I want to get into Hanukkah, but yeah. In day-to-day life, so it's, it, we obviously understand the concept of Rishpeh base and how important it is to him. And like you were saying, it's very hard on a practical level because we're busy judging. But does the Rebbe mean that we should incorporate this in our day-to-day lives, children, wives, uh, business partners, etc., etc.? Or is it like for more the, you know, you go to shul and you see somebody who you think is a schlepper and so I uh, don't think he's a schlepper, he's a gupper. Like, uh, to what extent are we meant to take this all the way? Mamish all the way, all the time. Mamish all the way, all the time. Rabbi Nachman says, toward the end of Rish Bebe's, Rabbi Nassim brings it um, in, uh, in Il-Chishabas also, he talks about Apaim Amma of Tchum. He says, this is Tyra, you need to walk with all the time Amish all the time and again that doesn't mean that we don't deal with issues on the on the, on the surface level as well that doesn't mean that a, a person's you know husband is abusing them or, or wife wife could also abuse and the wife is abusing them that, that that problem shouldn't be addressed in a healthy way either with the intervention of a third party or doesn't doesn't mean that right doesn't mean that if a person's having trouble with the kid and the kid is having trouble in school that the, the kid you know the kid doesn't need some help or guidance or, or so on and so forth. But as that's happening, remember, you're not treating, you're not, this is, this is not a defining tofaa. It's not a defining manifestation of the person's essence. Yeah. It's something that's happening in yeah. Na'ulam But don't allow that to cause you to define them. Because the second that you define them that way, then, it ma- then it's mamish, you're affirming the issue. Bipremius. It's not just the of the behavior from the essence. Exactly. That's a perfect way of saying it. Exactly. That's the rebbe's. That's the rebbe's chiddush here. Let's go a little bit back, there's. So we have a lot to get to still. How does it? How does it change the practical way of dealing with the behavior when you differentiate the behavior from the essence? First of all, depending on what the behaviors are, but in the case of wickedness, so to speak, in the case of uh, you know rebellious behaviors and and so on and so forth, just in a case of rishas, right, um, which. Classically, in 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 Torah, refers to sin, refers to Gashmias, refers to Tivus Not like referring to like a murderer a person who's like you know really really physically no. abusing somebody. Speaking about Russia, a lot of times that comes from a self, a, 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 a yeah self identification where the person mamash believes they are a certain way, and on a very like we said on a very practical level, all you need at least. For so many of us, for me, like Rabbi Nachman did this for me, he mamish believed in me. And I felt there's somebody who sees something that maybe other people can't see beyond the surface. That is enough to turn a light on. And I wouldn't even say to turn a light on, but to begin to open a window into a realm within that's always full of light. And that lets the light out. And that light of Hazinu Hashamayim, Vahadabhairah begins to shine into the Vishma's M So on a very practical level, like this this could really change things. Even a person, again, even a person whose mom is speaking in a disrespectful way, if you treat the person with respect, making it clear to them that you are not phased by the way that they're, respo- you'll see what happens. They start to change. But that's slightly different because that, that's, you know, you're now giving something physical back to the person in return. And that whole thing was always the, just your personal much but the person has no idea that you're Right, that's also true. Which we're talking now, yes, we're talking on a practical level. Right? Meaning, meaning on a this-worldly, pragmatic level, how might this work? And, and it works a on a practical level. It's not a chiddush. It's not a chiddush pr- that, it, that it works practically. It's a chiddush that somebody 280 years ago was already talking this language, that today's psychology is all, is all built on this, right? Positive positive psychology. Um, but Rabbi Naat, true. The real chiddush is that even if the person has no idea that you're doing this, the person might not know you. You're walking so, so in you Camden Town, let's say. Huh? Sorry, I to not even. Not even. It's just that there's energies. There's energies in the same way that has shown There's something called Ein and that doesn't work because of Arvos. That just works. There's something called Hezekriya, right? In 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 Ezekin. There's something called. So it's not a psychological Ayn. trick. It's a spiritual energy that It can be both. <coughs> yeah. It yeah. can be both. We to, to, we talked at a level of, of psychology, just practically, which is also true. So everything Beruchnis has in, a manifestation. Megashmi's Shimi's pointing out that it, that it's true Beruchnis also, even if there's no practical relationship between these two people. It's an amazing thing to think about. You walk down the street. And you see a person's mom is like a low person, and you you stop and you reflect and you find something good, and you, and and even if you don't actually know it, you just believe that there's some there's some there's something good hidden there, or that Naba, who knows what this person went through that that's making them behave in this way, that's making them so angry, that's making them so cruel. The thing is, you, if you do know them, and you you look at yeah. the, the price, the, you you hope you, you that through this you can, they can do Shiloh shouldn't be looking down at that point. You shouldn't think, oh, you know, I've done a process two weeks later. I hope they do tshuva. No, right. Yeah. No, effect, that would be counter... <laughs> would, would be That would be the counter effect, right? That would be the counter effect. Meaning to say, if you would do that, then it shows that you really, really believe that right now they don't have an ikudetav. They only yeah. have an ikudetav in as much as they're going to do tshuva. And so, and so to play a shtick... And, and, no, it has to be for real. Yeah. It has to be for real. This khevra is an envoidant it's not just like you have to just you know yeah it's mamish and avoid I'll just tell you a short story even though I, I really want to I want to move a little bit if we can well we'll give share Rish base also because it's we I, there's a lot here much more than than what we're reading um, but I'll just tell you a short a short cute thing that um, I think I heard from mata actually Um he said that there was a town. He was talking about the extent to which you have to go to find an akudatayva. He said there was a certain town that had a minute, a very beautiful Minug actually, um, where they refused to bury anybody in the town before finding something positive to say, even if nobody knew who he was, even if they wouldn't bury until they found something something good to say about the nifter. So inevitably, what happened, you know, mamish the town, the town thief, you know, the 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 Gandalf, and the whole town, somebody who's is a schlepper, is a drunkard, just the just the, the the guy who's just everybody stayed away from and He's um he's, he's, he's he left the world. So they bring him to the basic Forest and everybody's gathered together and everybody knows already what's gonna be. They've been thinking about this, dreading it. They're sitting around they're trying to find something good to say about this person. Momish klum, And it's like it's getting late, it's hours, and the sun's starting to set, and everybody's sitting there stroking their beers, and momish like it's a L'avakish. they can't find anything good to say about it. Never. Finally, somebody like pipes up, you know, he jumps up and he says, I got it. He says, he's not the, he's not the worst thief in town. There's somebody who's worse than him. <laughs> this guy, you know, the uncle, his mom is even a worse thief than him. He said, Shh, he's not the worst. All. Okay, so they buried him. What happens? The uncle dies and a couple of months later. So now their mom is stuck. So they're all sitting there and they're thinking, what should they do? Finally, the whole thing, make it short. After a couple of hours, he, he jumps up again. He says, I got it. He says, remember a couple of months ago, this guy Shloymi was, was Nifter. The only reason we were able to bury him is because Yankel yeah. was was worse than him. So he says, good mama. She helped another year to get buried. So, okay, these are right extreme, extreme, extreme examples, but there's a way of finding, there's a way of finding a tzad toiv in, in, in every situation. So the Rebbe goes on and he says, let's just finish this piece quickly because we have what to get to still in a couple of minutes left. the both on a physical, practical level, psychological level, and on a ruchniestical level. And that's pshat. you look back at his place, and because you judged him favorably, you found the oid ma'at, a little bit more to this person, where rasha me'la, You change the person's life, a and understand this well. And then the Rebbe says, This is an avoda that all of us need to do. Because it's, known, it's important for a person to try to be in a state of simcha which means to stay away from hopelessness and despair and blackness very much and so the Rebbe says a person takes time to reflect on his life and he can't find anything good and the person is full of sin but and the Yitzharah wants to use this to cast this person into depression, into sadness. He says, Don't listen to what things look like on the outside. Search within yourself. Find a little bit of good. How could it really be? That, mamash, you never did something good in your life. How could it be? It's impossible. Not only did you do a good thing in your life, you've done a good thing today. You've done many good things today. You've done countless good things already this this month and certainly this year. There's so much that's beautiful about you. There's so much right with you. To find it. How could it be? And then he says, even if you start to analyze that good thing, you find that that also was ulterior your motives you didn't really mean it and, and, and there were different factors that were causing you to do it, but it didn't come from a good place, from a holy place. even that small thing that you did that you know it was, was a holy thing you merited to do it's also filled with alter your motives and you were distracted and you did it by road to become how can it be that there's no nakuda in that nakuda toyva? Look as deep as you need to. Find something, some little drop of kiddushah. Somehow, on whatever level, so there's got to be something good in that good deed that you did, in that holy thing that you accomplished. And there are the finishes over here. You need to seek within yourself, to find that little bit of good and to believe in that ma'aktayv, even though it's not a grand project. That's what we're going to get to now. It's It's not something that seems to be impressive on the outside. And to those that look through the world with ace of eyes, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's worthless. Believe in that little bit. Little bit. It's just a little bit. Believe in it with the eyes of Yaakov, with the eyes that look beyond the surface to believe that it may look just like a little drop of light. But it is an indicator, mamish, an indicator, like a pilot light that you see, that mamish, the whole inside is filled with light. The whole inside, the whole house is filled with light. It's just one little tiny window that's open in a gigantic dark building that you drive past and you say, there's so much more dark here than there is light. You look in the outside of the building and it's just it's just black. There's one little window. But that one little window demonstrates that the whole inside of the building is filled with light. You believe in that little bit, that little bit, that ma'at Like told her A little bit is also good. And you believe in it, you hold on to it, you value it. You take one step, even though it's not finishing Shas, it's one line of Gemara with Rashi. It's not a thousand tefilas, but it's one bracha, in shemana eser, just this one bracha, it's ma'at believe in that. And then what happens when we believe in that? Mamish says the Rebbe, <speaking in Hebrew> again, you got to find that little bit of good, <speaking in Hebrew> that can mamish bring you to life, and you can dance with that little bit of good. That brings you to joy. And the same mechanism happens on an internal level. You're okay. You're okay. Find a little bit of good. Look beyond the surface. Sure, there are things that I need to fix. I'm not deluding myself. I know that I have to. I have things to work on. And it doesn't mean that I take my eye off the prize of Sitkas and kedusha and finishing shahs and, 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 and big projects in limud and in davening and, and mitzvah observance. It doesn't mean that I take my eye off that ball. I'm aware that there's an olam hazeh. And I'm aware that there are grand projects in Avodah Hashem. But right now in this moment, all I have is this one step in front of me and that's able to bring me chiyas. And I could already start to dance. Just this one little ma'atay, v'ah who yotze MS. One step at a time, one step, and then another step, and then another step, one line, and one daf, and another daf, one tefillah, another another tefillah, one looking away when I'm not supposed to look, and then another, and then before I know it, I reached that level, but only because I believed in my little bit, and I thought that that was chashuv, and I knew that that was chashuv in the eyes of a Baruch And this perspective alone can be the spark, That changes a person's life. Find that little bit within yourself. You'll look back at that place. And you yourself are gone. Meaning you yourself are a changed person. You're a different person. You start to value yourself. To look at yourself and not allow yourself to become identified by your behavior. How you look on the surface. Your situation in life. Look beyond. It's a shining little bit of goodness inside of you. Believe in that. Believe in the Oyd Ma'at, that little bit more. That little bit beyond what the eye sees. Going back to Yaakov and Esav, that Esav is the external eyes, just this red stuff on the outside, and Yaakov Avinu is the Indian of looking beyond the surface, beyond what's apparent to the eyes, to find the Chachma in things, beyond. We find this reflected also last week in Parshas Vayishlach in two contrasting ways that Yaakov Avinu and Esav describe their possessions. Very fundamental. Esav says to Yaakov Avinu, I don't need your gift. Why? Because Yeshli Rav. I have a tremendous amount, Yeshli Rav. Yaakov Avinu says to Esav, Trust me, I don't need it. because li kol. Because I have everything. These two words, Rav and Kol, it's the whole Yiddish kind. Mamish, the essence of Esav, the essence of Yaakov, the essence of Kedusha, and the essence of Sitcherach. Rav and Kol. To put it into more modern day terminology, Rav and Kol are quantity and quality. The Rav perspective, yeshli Rav means I have a lot of things, can always have more, because on this worldly quantitative level, when we're counting things by number, there are always more numbers, there are always more cars, there are always bigger houses, there are always, there's always more. actually Rouse, I have a lot, but I can take, I can always, I can always amass more. It's only the quality of things that allows a person to experience fullness, allness. To go beyond the surface of ulamaze, where things are fragmented and things are quantitative and to sink below the surface of one of those shards and to find in that moment which is a 60 seconds on clock, to find all of eternity in that moment to be able to do one thing and in that one action to mamish sense the all of life the all because you're connecting to what's beyond the surface Chazal tells us, Ezihu Ashir, Hasameach Now, again, let's go on a pashevshat and then be on the surface. On a Shat, what does it mean? Who's a wealthy person? A person that's happy with his lot. That's how we translate it. Chalkai is his, his portion in life, the things that he has. He's Sameach he's with it. And that would already be a chidish enough. It's amazing chidish what Chazal are telling us. That's what's called wealth. So you have two people, one person lives in a mansion, the next person lives in a tiny shack, and you're telling me that the person who lives in a shack is wealthier than the other person? He has Osher in his life, Ashiras, with an Aleph and an Ayin, he has happiness, and well, yeah, because HaSameach b'chalk. it's not a matter of what you have, it's a matter of, are you mamish fully experiencing and in touch with what you have? HaSameach, are you happy with what you have? That's where the Ashiras is. But beyond the surface, Chazal's words are miduyak. Chazal are teaching every person in life can only ever have a chalik. Only have a chalik. Whatever you'll have in life will only be a chalik. And that's the sort of the fact that we don't have eyes on both sides of our head. That means that being a human means you can only ever see in one direction at once. We, we can only see a slice of life. One perspective, one standpoint, one view, one experience. Can only live in one place at a time can only have these parents and this family and this community. It's a chilek. Chazal are saying if you're sameach in your chilek, meaning if you're tapping into the quality of that chilek and you're finding HaKadosh Baruch Hu in that chilek and you're appreciating that chilek as a manifestation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's love for you, then mamish, you're an ashir, You're connected to the allness that can be found Reflected in this fragment. It's only a chalec. It's only a little bit. But instead of saying Yeshli Rav, you can mamish say, even if you have very little, yeshli kal. Yeshli kal. Because your chalec elokami mal is communing with the, the allness of elokami mal, the ain't sof that you're a chalik of. If you're conscious of that part of you, if you manifest that part of you. Conscious brachas, eating consciously, drinking consciously. Certainly mitzvah samai but just appreciating life. I'll call Nishimo Nishima Talul Like we said in the first two shiurim, and Muna, a walk in the park, stop and look at this one flower. It's just a chilik, it's a fragmented experience of life. In that moment, you experience the all of everything, the quality Shabbai, the godliness Shabbai. Which is can't be a chalik. Because it's a portal to the allness of a Kurdish baruch. If Ashiris is defined by experiencing the all, the are we, when we mentioned, we say, we should have it together what's covered to do with feeling the all and connecting with those experiencing in a holiness way. I think that's a question independent of mm-hmm. our definition of Ashiris, meaning, right, meaning Stam that's kasha. Why, do, why, does, why does Ashiris yeah, and Kabbat yeah. go together? Well, the logical, if you're going to translate Ashiris as having more than you need, but technically you feel a sense of respect having everything mm-hmm. a sense of mm-hmm. I don't know some sort of connection to respect and having moving right having right hey, yeah. if going to say it's a different definition so, so then we would need to define kava differently right yeah, <laughs> okay. we would have to change the equation on both sides to get the same answer right which means to say we would have to say what does it mean to be m-chubed? So it's a person that's connected to to the divinity within things right the divinity within himself is he's, an he's ish mechubad not what other people that's called kvayr malachim in tarivav right kvayr alikim. To be a mamisha person, that's, that's really right, so that But that's the real Ashiras. That's the real Ashiras. But the rich guy can also be more happy than the poor guy as long as he's appreciating what true. he has not the True, true, true. It doesn't have to be either or. The goal is, is, is both. You know, not, not Moisaris, but the goal is to put both the Shemayim and the Arts together. It goes back to what we spoke about by Bibes. You have to live on both these levels with Yaakov Avinu eyes and Aesav eyes together. So now with this in mind, Turn the page and let's take a look at Rabbi Nachman's story of the Chacham and the Tam. We're going to go through this very, very quickly if we can. Mom is just to read it as a story, even though there's so much depth here as well. We have a couple of minutes left. The story of the Chacham and the Tam. Well, the Rebbe over here is describing this Tam, this simple person who grew up with a childhood friend who becomes a big sophisticated, who's a very complicated person and learns all the wisdoms in the world and travels from place to place and he's miserable. The more he knows, the sadder he is because he feels that other people are not treating him in honor with his, you know, in accordance with his covet and what he deserves and respects and people are, are not respecting him. He's a miserable person. Says about the This simple person he learned how to be a sandlar. He learned how to be a sandal maker, a shoemaker. He was so simple he he was just so simple and he had to learn a lot until he was able to learn it but he wasn't even, he wasn't even a baki. He just learned a little bit but it took him so long until he married and this was his parnasa but he was so simple it was so difficult for him it, him. And it was so challenging he couldn't make parnasa from this eat he didn't really know how to do it properly, he was always learning as we're going to see but he didn't really know how to be a shoemaker when he was going ahead and making the holes to sew the thread to put in the thread into the letter to make these shoes. He would just grab a piece of bread and eat it. It was just a simple yid. He was trying to get by. You want to know what his minak was? You want to know what his minak was? This was Mammosh's minak. That was his minak. Don't talk to me about different simanim. Rosh Hashanah. What do you use for selling for For this? You want to hear a minute? This is a minag. This is a good minute to have. His minag was, this was his minuk. Rakamale, simcha Tamid, He was filled with joy all the time. And he had every kind of food and every kind of drink and every kind of malbush. Wait a second. That doesn't sound like this very poor person that we just learned about who can't even make shoes properly and mamish can't eat because he's trying to make a parnasah. What does it mean? Says the Rebbe very famously, he would say to his wife, Ishti, my dear wife, give me something to eat. And that's all they had. She would just cut this crusty, stale, moldy piece of bread, likely. And he would eat it. You know what he said? He would say, okay, you gave me bread. Now, please give me this amazing bean soup. They didn't have any bean soup. They didn't have Beans, they didn't have soup, they didn't have juice, they didn't have orange, they had nothing. They just had bread. She would cut him another piece of bread and he ate it. And you know what he would say? He would praise it. By him. He would say, How delicious this bean soup is. Again, he's just eating the stale bread. Then he would say, Give me a good piece of steak, you know, give me some good bread, some good meat, all these incredible, wealthy, beautiful, rich, fatty foods. And they had nothing but bread. She would cut him a piece. And Mama, she tasted in it the taste of the food that he had asked for. He had tremendous delight from this. He would praise this food. Ah, it's perfect. It's Mamash medium rare, exactly the way that I like it. And the grill marks and the sizzling, and it's beautiful. She would taste the food because he was so Connected to the quality of the experience, Even you know, the quantitatively had nothing. He would taste when he was eating the bread. Whatever he wanted to eat, the of the man, because he realized that like the man, it came straight from Shemayim, and that's all you need to be able to mamish be happy with the little bit you have. Mamish of the man, believe it came from Shemayim. Be connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in that eat mindfully, slowly, gratefully and all of a sudden every little taste that you taste even if it's just a simple food Kevach, one animal cracker, try it. Simplest food, a little bit of a wafer a little bit, not wafer is already tasty but take a little a rice cake chew it mindfully, slowly this comes from Hashem this was originally wheat that was planted by somebody and HaKadosh Baruch Hu made it rain and it grew and it was processed and in Mamash, I'm so privileged that I have this little rice cake You'll see Mamish tastes different. The whole experience is different. And the same thing, we can't read it inside now, but you'll look at it on your own. You'll take the sheet afterwards. He goes into the same thing he did with all the different drinks. Give me wine. They didn't have wine. They just had dirty water. Mamish, she's praising it. That's oh, the most amazing wine. And the same thing with the Malbushim. This is how it was. This is how it was. And this is the union of the Tam. Now, of course, Yaakov tam. Yaakov is the Tam. Yaakov and Tmi must go together. Yaakov Avinu is a person that appreciates the small little bit. Mameila. Yavon. This will wrap up. Yavon. take this into Hanukkah with you. Yavon is the Bechina of Esav. Even though it's Rome, this is Greece, but like we said, they influenced each other. And they both had a similar mahalik. It was all about yaftalik and as external beauty, physique, right? Building grand, you know, in, in, architectural projects, and what they valued in eramaze was just riches and opulence and this worldly pleasures. The Greek perspective, as it relates to Havdars Hashem, is to only value the big successes, to only value the big things. You finish Shas. Okay, that's something impressive. A person managed to daven the whole davening, you know, on a smaller level, from beginning to end with Kavan. Okay, that's something. Even, again, that Yavan respects. But the whole thing of Yavan is mamash, against the t'mimus of not looking at the quali- quantity, just looking at quality that can be found within every Khelech to appreciate the Oid Ma'at a little bit. Which is why perhaps, Bo'aymek, Yaakov Avinu's Pachim Ketanem are what ultimately symbolize our victory in the time of Hanukkah over the Greeks. That little bit of oil, Pachim Kitanim is just a little jug. That ultimately in the time of Hanukkah, everything is in shambles. What do you care about a tiny little bit of, of oil? is just a little bit of a Ma'at. What's that going to help? but it's that little bit of oil that ultimately lasts for far longer than you think it's going to last, brings light to the whole Beis Hamikdash and ultimately gives us the chizik and the strength to rededicate the entire Beis Hamikdash. The Oid Ma'at. It's a little tiny bit. That's it. It's just a drop. It's a pach katan. It's just a little bit of a jar. That's Yaakov Avinu. That's the ining of the, the tmimus of Yaakov Avinu. That's the actually call of Yaakov Avinu. And we'll close with this just to tie it together. The Gemara tells us that said to Am Yisrael, crazy thing they forced Am amisra whatever this means to write or to carve onto the the horn the, the, the ram's horn that you have no portion in in asha Imamish wanted to convince us we had no chance we had no sha we were too far away we had lost our connection perhaps we could explain it as follows. Yavan's whole thing is Be'eleke Yisrael. You want to have Shaykh Israel, like Kodesh Baruch Hu, this great God, this great God, this Ein Sof, who demands so much of us and what He expects of us and the standards and how we should be living Be'eleke Yisrael. Ain't lechem chilek Be'eleke Yisrael. Chilek again. Chilek. You, you, you can't acquire Be'eleke Yisrael with a chilek. The whole yavan is against Pach and Ketanen. The whole Yavin is Rav. I, let me see something big. Don't tell me. You have a little piece of bread and Mamas, you taste the Mun. You taste all the tastes in the world because you're a yid of quality. Forget the tmimas. What about the Chachma? Let me see something impressive. Chelik, but like, your little Chalik can't enable you to connect to Leke Yisrael. How do we combat that? Dafka through the karin Hashar, which is itself the Tikkun. What's the inen of the Shofar. The shofar begins very, very, very small, very narrow, it's a pach katan, and it gets wider and wider and wider and wider and wider until, if the shofar didn't end, that you know, two, however many inches it is, it would progressively encompass all eternity. Just imagine an infinite shofar that goes on forever and ever, and it starts with what just a little tiny bit that the tzaddikim say is encompassed in the pasik that we say right after the blowing of the shofar, min hametzar karasika. Start with a little bit. Start with a little bit. Respect the little bit. The whole thing of Khan is just a little bit. Not the Indian of Avram Karihari. You don't have to climb any mountain. You don't have to go out into any field. And of course, you have to go out into fields. You don't have to go to a mountain, a field maybe. But the Indian of bias. Yaakov Karabai's, it's your own house. It's your own circumstances. The whole Indian of Chanukah is ner ish It's just one little candle. It's your house. It's your circumstances. It's your life. Start from there. Believe in the maat. The way to battle against Yavon is to get rid of this pressure we feel to match up to society's expectation of what it means to be successful in Vodas Hashem. As far as I'm concerned, all I have is today and all I have is the next right step in front of me. And I have to value that and I have to celebrate that and I have to believe in that. And with that little chilek, mamish, I can access the Elike Yisrael. That's the inen of the Karen Hashar. I believe in just the little little tiny but the narrow edge of the Karen Hashar. And then you'll see. This, on a personal level, is what I'm taking into Chanukah this year. This is all I need. Every year I just need one Torah. This is what I'm going with. I want to, and this is my tefillah, help me value my little bit. Help me believe in my Oidmaat Ma'at. Ma'mesh. Without any thoughts of, of Yavon creeping in about what I should really be doing and oh, it's not worth it if you're not doing everything. And then, Ba Hashem, I bless you and me, that one step after another step, one hayoim, just one day after another day, don't think about a decade of, of kedusha. All I have is today. And today I can believe in the goodness inside of me. And today I can draw that out by making the right choices that I can make. In this moment, my pach, Through this, day after day after day after day, we could access the Yisrael that Yavan wants us to believe we will never make it, and that's the that's the message of Chanukah. Bez rachamish to be tam. We should to You know, if 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 not just begash is certainly it's true begash is to appreciate what we have. That's why Hanukkah is yemei gratitude. Not, not to let Yavan creep into Haravis Hashem. Forget about it. It's just that you're the Bishvili nevra There's no, there's no framework to compare yourself to. It's just you in your framework. One step, and it's everything. Should be zayf echevre. Haravis <laughs> Hashem. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> I'll alit again.